And even the magic of your dreams. That's my favourite expression. Yeah. Where did you hear that one? Has I, that always been your... Yeah, I don't know. It was in my head. And even the magic of your dreams. I used to write that when I was young. If there's anything in this world you want to do, if it's just do it, absolutely. Because what, what I'm trying to get out here is find out, like, this is the man. Who is the man that's sailing around the world? Uh, as opposed to what he's do doing, you know what I mean? He, in his mind, he's just going, I'm going to go and I'm going to come back and it's going to be done. <laughs> you know? That's just the kind of person he is. Then, I've loved survival since I was a child. Survival was just something that fascinated he's me. He's very in-depth, very thorough, and has done massive research. And I love sailing, that's the main reason I'm doing this. I just I just love sailing. Drive that he has for this is something that, you know, you don't see very often. My great-grandmother, my dad's grandmother, was a Native American. <laughs> I said, Dad, you never told me that. And he goes, oh yeah, he said she was. So. Peter Lollis is just a red-headed Indian walking down O'Connell Street in Limerick. And I'm going, actually, you know what? He sort of is, really. I, I struggled with drink, drink for, for a while during my life. We were pushing his buttons very hard, with the best of intention, and he lost it. He just flipped. Lost it, lost it, lost it. Speaking to a counsellor was one of the best things I ever did in my life. Counselling massively, massively helped him in every aspect. I wouldn't say very, but I am, I am spiritual. <laughs> he always says that he has Peter Pan syndrome, where he thinks he's a child. <laughs> As I see it, he's leaving no stone unturned. Yeah, the preparation has been monumental. OK, my name is Peter Lawless. Uh, in August of this year, 2021, I plan to sail solo, non-stop, unassisted around the world uh, from Ireland. I'm leaving from Kilrush in County Clare. Uh, do a full circumnavigation without stopping or without any outside assistance and then I sail back t to uh, to Ireland again. Uh, I estimate it'll take about eight, eight to ten months, eight I'm hoping, and I'll sail back into Kilrush uh, again on the River Shannon, the estuary. Um, talk a little bit more about your childhood and let's say at the moment, let's just focus on your dad. In, in the 80s my dad started doing uh, long distance sailing, he, he did a, a double Atlantic uh, solo over and back to um, America, to Newport, Rhode Island. And I remember thinking that was so far and we were terrified. And, and then he went off to sail around the world and he failed his first attempt and his second and made it on his third. So anyway, so we grew up with long distance sailing. Uh, he started when I was 16, I think, um, even though he'd been sailing all his life and we all grew up sailing. So it, it didn't become normal, but it, it, it became... Uh, Something not to be so uh, afraid of, I suppose. So that must have been a massive influence. Like, I mean, to have your dad kind of, oh yeah, he's just gone off around the world. <laughs> you know, not many school kids be, you know. But, and, and not only that, also talk about, you know, like I say, that what other people thought of this, of Peter Lawless, oh yeah, his dad's gone sailing around the world. When you're a kid, I, I was 16. So when you're a kid, uh, things just kind of, the other kids just kind of okay, cool. Your dad's gone sailing around the world. You know, it's not. They, you don't. You don't uh, reason things out like that in your mind. Now we were nervous because I was thinking, God, it's so far to America, and he, he had a very small boat. It was a twenty-six foot boat, uh, which was quite small. You know, my boat's forty-one feet. It's twice the size nearly. Um, so, uh, yeah, we were nervous, and but then we flew to America. My my brother Dan and my sister Helen and myself. We flew to Newport, Rhode Island, and. God, we had a great time. It was, you know, it was lovely to see him after the trip. And um, he didn't even have an engine in his boat. He was just sailed in and anchored. Um, 
Yeah, it was just he—he was—he was a great man. He was just and he was great fun to be with, you know. And he was just—he didn't panic about things. So we learned an awful lot from him, you know. Not not just how to you know tie your shoes, but life skills. It's interesting though. Would you would you say it is that? he didn't panic about things yeah. and that's very much the kind of sense I'm getting from you so that's obviously something like that you've kind of inherited as well you know like we'll deal with things as the or, or am I reading you wrong no you're right uh, I'd be too laid back sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but I meant but, for sailing like you need to... oh for sailing I, I yeah I like things right I like everything right and I wouldn't go unless everything was perfect uh, you got to give yourself every chance every opportunity so whereas uh, I wouldn't be panicking about things, I like things to be, you have to, you have to keep safety, you have to have your equipment right and you have to keep your boat running well and, and mind yourself. But mm. if you were if you were a very stressful type of person, I think it would be hard. I mean, you'd, you'd be worried about this and worried about that and you have enough to be worrying about, you know. Hello, uh, Dan Lawless is my own name. Uh, Peter is my brother. Uh, myself and my mother used to go up to Mount Shannon, which is in County Clare, and my dad had his boat there. One Sunday, we drove up, and it's a lovely drive around by Loch Derg and Holy Island and all of that. And then we drove down the little narrow road down to the little pier in Mount Shannon Harbour. And there's uh, Peter Lawless. I'm not sure is it uh, the class of boat, was it a mirror or an optimist? I'm not sure. And I remember my mother going, oh, mother of Jesus, will you look at Peter? He was sitting inside in this little dinghy with one sail. And Peter had a blonde bob of hair. But I, I think he was only like four or five. And he's sailing around Mount Shannon Harbour on his own. My mother remembers it, I remember it, and Peter remembers it. So he was also very close to my dad. In fact, uh, dad was very balanced, extremely calm. You wouldn't ruffle him at all. In many ways, Peter is quite that level of calm. I'm sure he gets, he's worked up at times about his trip and getting it all done and getting it right because he is very exact. Talk a little bit more about your mum and dad. My mum and dad, I suppose, yeah, were definitely ahead of their time. I mean, the, when we grew up sailing up in Loch Derg, there was only like, a handful of people using the lake. Very few. There was very few boats. There barred the local, like the local people were mainfly fishing, and and using boats to get in and out to the islands. But recreation-wise, I mean, there was there was only like a few. Loch Derg is big. I mean, Killaloo now you can't even get a space to keep your boat or or you know up around there. So that was one thing where they were way ahead. So we were up there hanging out in the boat every weekend, and you know it was just heaven as children. We used to drink the water out of the lake. Um, uh, in, in I don't know, what, I'm not even sure of the year, I think it was in the 60s, it was before I was born anyway, my dad built a timber chalet in, in Ballyferreter. Um, no electricity, no running water, but God, it was heaven. And we'd spend our whole summer holidays there. So again, like there was no, there, there was no holiday home there. That was the first holiday home in Gert to do, and, like, you know. So... They were ahead. Of, he, he, my dad had been down there for a fishing trip or something, and and just fell in love with the area, and then bought a, a site for seventy five pounds, I think, and built the house himself. Uh, so again, he was ahead of his time, you know. Now you just couldn't afford to do that. It was it'd be just out of reach for most people. Um, <clears throat> so he was ahead of his time there, and then you know just, and then I don't know, in just so many different ways, they were very alternative, uh, and and super like they were they were. 
their whole life was dedicated to us and having fun. That's where we grew up. Our whole childhood was just fun. And, you know, you had to go to school and all that stuff, but uh, the, the boring stuff. But uh, everything else was pretty good. And our house was very relaxed. Our parents were lovely, you know. There was no um, stress or dramas, you know. It was... It was a nice, it was, I had a lovely childhood, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and and, uh, and that's the sense I'm getting and how it has shaped you to do this trip and, as I say, the influence from your dad and that as well must have been... Definitely, yeah. and and from my mum. I mean, my mum, like everywhere my dad, you know, everyone said your dad brought us here and there, but my mum was always here as well because there were six of us. My name is Rachel Benson. I am Peter Lawless's daughter. Um, I know for a fact my nana and granddad were ahead of their time, uh, especially, you know, they had two gay sons back when most people, if they had gay sons, didn't want anyone to know or they didn't even want to know their sons. I mean, my nana used to have garden parties to raise money for the, um, uh, the helpline for the gay community, which... You know, we would all be at these parties in, in, and for us growing up as kids, if, if we had ever any problems, we'd always talk to our grandmother. She was just, she was like the wise woman that we would went to, still is. She's just the sweetest, most open, loving person. She always tells the story that I got my first tooth on the boat. She was feeding me and she could hear the spoon. and So she was changing nappies and cleaning and helping with the boat as well as everyone, you know. I mean, so it was my mum and dad. Um, she said to me recently, she said, you're going off on a trip sailing around the world. She said, I'd love to go with you. <laughs> and she's 92. So, it's uh, just brilliant. But I mean, it just paints such a lovely picture. Like you were literally, as a baby, you just grown up on the sea. You've grown up on the, yeah. that's the whole. So I'm sailing since I can remember. As long as I can remember. I, got, I often laugh. I could sail a boat before I could cycle a bike. I'd learned it the other way around, you know. So. But, the, but setting a boat like this, so many things to it. And I, I know you went on you, to be a carpenter and that as well. You went to London and came back. And recently you've gone off, travelled the world on, on, on the yachts, d delivering boats and things like that. So how did that pro progression make it? You went from carpenter back to boats and how did, how, well, how, still, how did that all I blend? I still do carpentry. Um, it's, it's kind of the bread and butter, really, of if, when you need, you know, money... Uh, yacht deliveries are great, but you won't make, you won't get rich. <laughs> but but you get to you get to sail lovely boats and see lovely parts of the world. Some some deliveries are lovely. I mean, I, I've sailed Greece, uh, down to Italy and France, and I mean they're lovely. I mean you know you get lovely sunshine. And, uh, yeah, I I suppose if you're lucky, and I I am lucky, if you can make make a living out of something that you love, then you know they say you don't have to work a day in your life. You know so. Uh, I always fall back in carpentry because I do like it as well. Uh, it gets tougher as you get older with your knees or maybe you have to mind yourself more. But um, uh, sailing, it's just, I, I just kind of, it just happened, I suppose, really. It was just a, a natural progression, I think. Yeah, the preparation has been monumental. Dad is lucky to be in the field of work that he's in, being a carpenter, to be honest, he's more of a handyman than a carpenter. He can do anything. Anything that he puts his mind to, he can do. Um, obviously, with, with boats, he's been on them his whole life, been able to fix them, been able to work on them. So he's lucky to have been able to prepare his yacht as best he can himself without having to have called in 10 different people to do 10 different jobs that someone normally wouldn't be able to do. Obviously, the financial part of it is different then you know he does still have to buy equipment to do that and to, to fund 
doing the jobs, I suppose, to, with the equipment. That's the hard part, is being able to do that, to pay for the equipment, to be able to carry out whatever needs to be done on the wax wing, like the sails, the rigging, um, all of the food preparation. He got a water maker. All of the equipment that are needed is just vital to his journey right now. Let's go back and talk about the trip itself as well and tell me all the different jobs, all, all the different jobs that you have to do on, on the boat, like all the different okay. hats you're wearing. Okay. So, I mean, so like you would at home, you just get up, you have your shower, so you do that, you, you have your breakfast, you make your food, you check all the, you know, check all the sails are working right, set your course, you're navigating, uh, and you're going to make your meals, you're tidying up. If if if, uh, if it's raining or if you get fresh water, you could wash your clothes. So you have all the day-to-day -day routine from home, but on board. Um, uh, you got to check everything, make sure everything is 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 functioning properly, uh, maintain stuff. So you're always busy. Uh, then you will have downtime, and it's important to to cat nap and rest. Um, I like napping anyway. It's it's, it's good. And I, like, I I luckily I'm a grazer, as in I eat. Uh, small amounts regularly, as opposed to sitting down at six o'clock and having bacon and cabbage. So, so I'll I'll, I'll slot into the lifestyle quite easily. Um, so you you're always busy. So then on a downtime, uh, you could have uh, your your a book or your audio book. If it's rough, you could just have the headphones on. Um, or even I suppose I, I'm bringing my laptop. I don't know if I'd have time or if I want to, but I could watch a movie if I you know. I don't think I would. I don't. We don't even watch TV at home. But if you really wanted to, I'd bring a few maybe <laughs> pictures of trees and forests. And, yeah. So, so yeah, I have plenty to keep me going. You know. He is very much a nature boy. So I think he will love being at one with the world and the ocean and Mother Nature. I think he will really take that on board. Go back there to your dad a little bit. Did he talk much about that trip? I mean, I think he said he was away for three years mm -hmm. and a huge part of that is, is that solitude. Did he ever talk about that? That's, that's, you're the first person to ask that and no, he didn't. Okay. It's the answer. It was very, uh, it was like, it, it was almost private or personal to him. Uh, in later years, it, he'd, he'd talk it's not that, like, if you asked him a question, he'd answer you, but it, it, it's not, he was very, a modest man as well. He was very humble. So when people, it, like, it was a big deal when he came back in 96. It was, you know, there was, there was so many people here in Kilrush Marina, they couldn't fit onto the, onto the pontoons. You know, that's a lot of people. You've been, you've just walked down through the marina. So, oh yeah, he left from, he came back here as well to Kilrush, which was good. So I'm, I'm happy that I'm doing the same. Uh, so, no, he didn't speak much about it. As I say, if you asked him a question, he'd answer you, but... He wasn't. He didn't volunteer it. So, it, um, but he he spoke of the beauty and the peace and nature. Yeah, I suppose my dad raised us the same way that my my nana or my granddad raised him. You know, uh, be out adventuring, do anything. Like if we were bored at home, my dad wasn't going, I'll take you to a theme park. He'd be like, we'll go to the forest, we'll go for a walk, we'll go on the boat, you know, enjoy what's around you. And his parents are definitely, I know my Nana would have been the exact same and my granddad, so I can imagine that he, his upbringing was the exact same. To live in the moment of what's around you, not just 
what you're planning next week to go on a holiday and do, do you know, live now, do now. Anytime we were ever at home, we were like, Dad, we're bored. He'd be like, okay, we'll go for a drive. We would go to Killaloo. We would go to Mount Shannon. We'd get out. We'd go for a walk. Even if it was raining, we didn't care. We were, rain jacket clothes were on and we were out and about and adventuring. So nature is a massive, massive part of all our lives. I mean, when my dad and Kathy got married, they got married outdoors with the ocean behind them. It was beautiful. And, and so, you know, not many people get to do that in their lives, but it just shows how connected they were to the earth and nature. Cathy, my wife, said to me, you know, she's 100% behind. She, she was the one that said, go for it, you know, fulfill your dream. But she said, promise me that you come come back to me. And I said, of course. And she said, no, not physically come back to me. Come back to me the same Peter. <laughs> you know, that a lot of a lot of guys that that do this, they want to continue sailing. They want to they want to just keep doing it. You know, come back and, and restock and go off and do it again because, you know or else you you'd probably never want to set foot in a boat again. <laughs> but um so yeah it I presume it will be life changing that, that time alone and um and I get on very well with myself. I, you know, I'm, I'm quite quite happy and comfortable with myself. Would you call yourself a, a religious, a spiritual person? Like, what kind of are you okay to talk about that, or what way? Yeah, I'd be very spiritual. I wouldn't say very, but I'm I am spiritual. I'm not religious, uh, as in organised religion. I, I grew up a Catholic, but I mean, <laughs> I haven't been to mass in a long time, bar a funeral or a wedding, like most most people I think these days. But uh, I'd have a great belief in, um, like I said to you, if things are meant to be, I, you know, I always I say, well, uh, you know, thank the universe or whoever made the universe, God or you know, uh, a higher power to say, in, in you know, if you if you were given up drink, but um, yeah, no, I I do. I mean, life is very good to me, and I I, I would believe in karma. You know, you get back what you give. I think. Um, so, and I think, yeah, if you live your life as, as good as you could, whether it's religious or not, it's good for you, you know. Um, he says that if you ask the universe for something, you will get it, which is always so nice. You know, when you're growing up and you're a teenager, you're hearing that, you're like, all right, Dad, calm down. <laughs> but now as an adult, you, you wholeheartedly understand where he's coming from saying those things. You know, if you fully believe or you fully put your heart into something, you will get back what you put into it and I thoroughly live by that now in my life you know my whole family does and dad still to this day does uh, my sister always says it you know she was sick when she was younger and um, my dad always said that he would sit with her and make her believe that she was getting better regardless of, of how the doctor said she was and she said it really got her through most of her sickness and got her through feeling down and even now still does like which is so amazing you know that's just the kind of person he is he's just like if you believe if you keep putting it out there it'll come back to you and it's such a special way to live talk a little bit about Kathy and the support that she's giving you Kathy's great she's she's mad like myself <laughs> she'd have to be um well we were sitting down having our our dinner one time and I had entered a race, I wanted to do a sailing race around the world and it kind of, I had been accepted and everything and it kind of fell through. And I said to Cathy, I said, I'd still love to sail around the world. And she said, why don't you so? 
Lobster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's kind of what it go, got it going again. I had kind of lost my drive af after putting out of what I was going to do. Um, and she said, why don't you? You know, why don't you? Uh, so she, she, her support is huge. As I said, you couldn't, you couldn't do it otherwise. You couldn't just turn around to your wife and if she was unhappy with it and say, well, I'm doing it anyway, because that would be just horrible. And it wouldn't be, it, it's not what a, mar a marriage or a relationship is about to me. So, uh, yeah, so it's with Cathy's blessing I do all this, which is great. And that makes it doable for me. Otherwise, it wouldn't be doable for me in my head. They are the most amazing couple ever. She is just, she's literally like a female version of him. Beautiful soul, loves life, loves nature, just loves everything. And the two of them together are just so compatible, so loving. It's, it's amazing to watch. It's like they are soulmates and they've, they've met. Um, so in, in every aspect, Cathy is supporting everything that he is doing, which he wouldn't be able to do if she wasn't. You know, that's your wife. If she doesn't want you to go, you'd be very tough to go. So she has just been his backbone of support, I suppose, to go. So I'm so, so happy for him that he has found her, definitely. I struggled with drink, drink for, for a while during my life. So that's, um, and I decided I was drinking way too much. I knew I was drinking way too much. So I, um, I gave that up. But that, I mean, it kind of paints another kind of picture as well, because obviously with drink and all that element, there's obviously tough times as well and sad times. Yeah, tough times. And good times. I I had um, I had gone through a separation with with my ex, and uh, unfortunately I didn't handle it too well. It wasn't something I wanted, um, so, so uh, I just kind of went back to being a single bloke and just going out partying and drinking. <laughs> I did it too much, <laughs> and. Uh, and eventually, as as I kind of got over all that, I, I decided, you know, God, you know, better slow down. But I, I had got kind of into the habit of going out all, all weekend and this and that, and uh, so yeah, it it wasn't a great. As I said, I had I had some good times, but I was drinking like way too much, and I knew it, and other people knew it, and people kind of tiptoe around it, and so uh, my brother Dan and John came to me one day and they said, you know, we we're getting worried about your your uh, your drinking, and I was kind of I was furious. We were pushing his buttons very hard, with the best of intention, and he lost it. He just flipped. Lost it, lost it, lost it. But Simon John said, okay, let's go, leave him alone. You know, I was thinking, oh dear, they tell me, you know, anyway, but but that was huge. After they left, I cried, because I, I, I was rude to them, and I'm not that type of person. And um, I often say it to them, that, that was the day I decided, you know, they're right, and you know, so. Uh, I'm so lucky that I have so much to do and my love of life and sailing and everything and my, my children, my grandchildren now. And so I have loads to be doing, so I, I don't miss it and I never do. That's another thing that I thought you had to be mad to, to speak to someone. I thought you had to have depression or this or that, but actually speaking to a counsellor was one of the best things I ever did in my life. It was brilliant. It was just uh, stuff that I never even knew bothered me, like school or, you know. He was feisty enough when he was a young flick because he hated school actually. In particular, 
junior school, national school. He just didn't have a good time as a kid there. It was rough and he still talks about that. And I remember watching Peter going to school. He just wouldn't go. And they'd nearly have to put his arms around a telegraph pole one day and just would not go to school. He hated it and he had a, a tough time there. I can understand now why he didn't want to go. I, I, I love learning. I've learned so much in life. But that was a huge part of my life. Uh, a huge um, success story. I, I, I was just so happy. Anybody that's ever thinking about it, if they're thinking about it and they want to give up drink, just do it. I mean, it, it changed my life. My life was very good beforehand, but it certainly was, was a big improvement to, from, for myself and for others. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a nice kind of aspect as well, like, and, yeah. how, and how you've turned that around and how you've just completely moved forward now to sailing around the world, like, it's just... I probably would have done that anyway, I probably would have done it drunk. <laughs> uh, I probably, wouldn't, yeah. I couldn't be too good. No, that wouldn't be good. Uh, I Believe it or not, there's, there's a very famous sailor, I don't know if you know him, Sir Robin Knox Johnson. Um, well, he, he won the 1968 Golden Globe race. Uh, he emails me, believe it or not, he heard my story and I get emails from him a good bit and he told me that, that he got £5 sponsorship from Cadbury's and 150 cans of Tenants Lager <laughs> before he left and he said the Tenants Lager were better than the chocolate. <laughs> so you could, you could easily have a drink on board, if you, but you wouldn't want to, yeah, you wouldn't want to be uh, drinking excessively as while you're sailing around the world, I don't think it would be good. So yeah, I could have done a drinking but not, not uh, it wouldn't have been a good idea. Tell me, I mean, you're on the boat here. How about other kind of um, interests, like read, music, things like that? Yeah, music is huge. I, I love music. I love music. What uh, kind of music? Oh, varied. Gee, I have such a varied taste of music, but um, uh, what kind of music? I suppose uh, Neil Young, David Bowie, uh, all the usual from that era. I grew up because I'm the youngest, so my brothers were always playing music. So I, 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 I just absolutely love Boy Neil Young. Uh, but I could be listening to anything. Then I could, I could have uh, Andrea Bocelli. I could have uh, anything. Pink Floyd, uh, Christy Moore. It doesn't matter. I, you know, there's no set. Uh, Katie Malou, I like her. Uh, there's everything. Alanis Morissette. Every. I just love music. I'd have it on all day. Okay, so um, you were the music on the boat. Yeah, I brought a few tin whistles and I'm going to try practice that a bit better. And that'd be that'd be fun. That's good. So, so, but I take it you already know how to play the tin whistles. So Not very well. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to get a book and, and learn the uh, the notes and. Sure, why not? I love that. Yeah. Okay, so, so is that a challenge that you're setting yourself now? I'm going to yeah. practice the tin whistle. I, I actually thought of bringing an um, uh, audio learn Spanish. So when I come back, I'll be speaking Spanish. <laughs> Hola, Eileen. <laughs> As for the challenge of the whole physicality of it, well, God, good luck to him. I just, it, I can only say some of it must, is going to be so tough. Uh, you know, it's not a boat ride down the canal. So uh, I, I presume there's just going to be some very tough, physically tough, mentally tough. To that end, I think, you know, uh, I said to them, lads, couldn't we just all grow old and grey together on land? I said, say, couldn't we all just grow old and grey together on land? But in this world, 
you have to live your dream to that own self be true. And I love sailing. That's the main reason I'm doing this. I just, I just love sailing. Uh, I said it recently that every time I go sailing, I just, I just, uh, I want to keep going. <laughs> if I'm going somewhere, I, I just want to keep going and you know not pull into the next port. And so, um, so I suppose the, the ultimate um, sailing experience would be to sail solo non-stop around the world. And I, I, I bought this boat. Uh, she's a rival 41 uh, called Waxwing. I bought this boat because she, she has been around the world already. She's an incredible sea boat. And I bought her five years ago with, with the, the idea to sail around the world. So I've been working on her since. Um, and two years ago then I, I came public and said I was going to... Sorry, a year ago. I Two years ago I decided 100% I was doing it. And then a year ago... Uh, about Christmas time, I, I think I I, uh, I went public with my with my ideas. And tell me as well. Let's talk a bit more about kind of supports because there's not just the kind of financial supports, if you like. There's also, I suppose, the support from family, friends, and that aspect of it. Talk a bit about that as well, and how important that has been to you. God, you've great questions. That that is huge to me. Like the other day, <clears throat> I was, I had the whole boat ripped apart and all the floors open. I just stuff everywhere and I had to go up to the office here in the marina to, to get something and there was a letter left in for me and so I opened the letter when I came back to the boat it was from a man I didn't know him from Cork and uh, he just said he, he, he found my channel on YouTube and he, he just loved watching and he loved what I was doing and uh, it was just huge encouragement you know he, he put in a check for 150 which was great but it wasn't so much that it was just the encouragement that he thought what I was doing was cool because I forget what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing this every day, so I'm, you know, I'm just in it. So that was just one small example. But he lifted me that day, and I was going, "Wow, you know, it is cool what I'm doing." And uh, but my family, their support is, it's vital. I mean, I couldn't do it without their uh, support. I I couldn't do it with a clear conscience, because it wouldn't seem fair if they if if they didn't agree or it, my wife Cathy, if she. If she said, you know, Pete, please don't, you know, I'd, I'd be so scared and I won't be able to relax. I wouldn't do it. But the fact that she said, sure, you know, go for it, do it, it's your dream. And my children, uh, my daughter, uh, Rachel, uh, looks after all my social media, my website, uh, all the stuff that I'm really bad at. <laughs> uh, my daughter, Emily, is, is massive. She's just huge into it and full of encouragement. And what can I do? My son, PJ, thinks it's really cool. Uh, even my grandkids think it's fantastic. So, uh, my siblings, everybody. My mum, as I said, she wanted to go for the trip, for the crack. Uh, so, yeah. And and then people, like random people, just that did, did, did just pop by and said, we love it, you know, what you're doing, and is there anything we could do to help her? And other people are just, I wouldn't be great at like trying to get sponsorship, or I, I, it's just, it's new to me. Um, so I'm learning a lot about that, but a lot of people just uh, they would know their way around the corporate systems. Help me and say, look, try this guy, try that guy, and so there, there's a huge network out there of of help and support, which is so important to me for one big reason is that I I believe in doing things if they're meant to happen, and everything since I just told everyone I was going to do this people just started dropping out of the sky. Everyone just started coming and everything fell into place which led me to believe, yes, this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And that, that was huge. It was hugely important to me. 
to know that you know Everton's going to be great, and every and every day things like that happen. The drive that he has for this is something that you know you don't see very often. You know, and especially with his age, people keep asking me, "What age is your dad?" And he's about to do this. So for him, I suppose, as my dad always says, age is only a number. <laughs> he always says that he has Peter Pan syndrome where he thinks he's a child. <laughs> I concur. Yeah, well, do you know what? And it's so nice to see that, you know, his age won't hold him back. It didn't hold my granddad back. My granddad was, I think, 70 when he completed his, or when he came back. You know, so things, things just drop into place, and I love that. And that, that support to me mentally is huge as well as helpful with, with the whole trip. Just a little bit on that, um, how you say kind of things are falling into place. And sometimes I think things fall into place because, as you say, they're meant to happen. They're yeah. kind of meant to, So this is obviously something that you really, really, it's something that you want to do. And so many people, as you say, are inspired by that and think, isn't that great? What would you say to people who have that kind of dream? That, oh, God, I can't do it. I can't. You, you know what I mean? If there are things that are in life, you know, we've got this one life. What would you say to them? Well, you just said it. You've got this one life. Um, if someone has a dream, uh, go for it. Like th this whole project is huge. The sailing around the world is big, but but the two the two the last two years have just been full on, and I, it was daunting. And but as soon as I I decided to do it, as soon as I ticked that switch in my head that yes I'm doing it, the help just came. And there are people that will help you. There are people that love to hop on and just say, you know, I, I, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that. And, and that, I didn't expect that. I thought family and friends, yeah. But, but I mean, the strangers that just, you know, I'm going to make that for you. I'm going to get this for you. And I'm going to help you with that. So anyone that's thinking of doing it, whether they're, whatever their dream is, uh, go for it. You know, see what happens. Um, if you get there, you get there, you know, and if you don't, you learn a lot and, and your second attempt will be great, you know. Uh, but in general, there's always someone there that will help and, you know, if you're genuinely going to do it, do it. Yeah, you've one shot at it, you know, go for it. Especially when you're young. My my dad instilled that into me. He said, Pete, you know, he, he must have known I wanted to sail around the world. He said, don't leave it too late. He said, do it when you're fit and young, you know, and do it. I'm, I'm still very fit and... Uh, fit for nothing some people would say but <laughs> but I'm still fit and uh, I'm 52 so I mean I'm, you know I've, I've good health and everything so now is a great time and if anyone else is thinking of something in their 20s and it's the, they want to cycle to I don't know whatever whatever it is they want to do go for it you know do a bit of research and find out about it and do it yeah yeah believe in the magic of your dreams that's my favorite expression yeah where did you hear that one has I, that always been your yeah I don't know it was in my head <laughs> Believe in the magic of your dreams. I used to write that when I was young. That's interesting. Yeah. And you have no idea where that came from. I mean, no. you, you just actually write that down. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. It was always my favourite expression. Yeah. So, you, so was there always that element of you, you know what, I'm just going to go for it? Or was there, or is it only now at this stage of your life you're going, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe in that magic? Or was there that part of you that kind of... Kind of no, I've that? always been like that. Okay. I've done all, all sorts of crazy stuff. At a drop of a hat I could do anything, you know. Uh, this is back to, like, the dad or Peter or those, or anybody who wants to live their dreams. My father wrote his memoirs, and one day like 500 pages uh, like from the Atlantic crossings to the first attempt around the world the second and then the successful one 
and, uh, and at the end of this paragraph it read, I'm writing this to tell anybody, including my grandchildren, if you have a dream, follow your dreams. So yeah, Dad did it, and Peter is going to do it uh, head off this year. Because our family is so interesting. Yeah. I, it's only as I got older I realised this that uh, you know we're all we're all uh, we all kind of did what we wanted in life. You know, which is lovely. Um, that was probably the freedom we had as children. We're all very free-spirited. But yeah, we're a fairly colourful crew. You mentioned there about our Native American ancestor, and I have photographs of her, her portrait and all of that. And what's interesting is uh, the Irish side of that marriage. He was a Catholic from the north of Ireland. He joined the British Army and was posted from the UK to Quebec. And while he was there, he met this woman called Elizabeth Adams. Elizabeth Adams' mother, her maiden name was Maisie, M-A-Z-E-Y, she was the Native American Indian. But what's interesting then, they were posted from Quebec to Malta, to Gibraltar, and to Limerick. And their children were born in various countries. And I think the six or seven, sevens from memory. And the last one was born in Limerick. And we often get a kick out of this Indian ancestry thing. And um, but what's odd is like when a lot of Irish people were going across the Atlantic, emigrating, this couple and their kids were coming the other way in 1860s, 1870s, and by the time they got her, late 1870s. So, yeah, it must have been a strange thing. Yeah, so it was a really interesting uh, discovery for me and, and for all my brothers and sisters. So, uh, yeah, Dan, Dan has all the, the info. Talk to me a little bit as well, because you're doing this, you're using the, the maths. The, so talk a little bit about that, about, about the charts. Um, I I love looking at charts and maps since I was young. I don't know why. I, I, I'd always open the atlas and look at different countries. And God, I'd love to go there and look at the length of that river. Because Ireland's so small when you look at an atlas. It really is, isn't it? So uh, I had to do my yacht master um, offshore exam, which is just one of those. It's a driving license for boats. You know what I mean? It's just part of, part of the process. And part of that... Uh, the shoreside exam is learning the sextant. Uh, the sextant is the old um, way way of, of navigating from the, the the moon, the sun, moon, and stars. Uh, celestial navigation, it's called. Uh, so, and I, I found it difficult. It was it was quite tricky to learn. Um, and I, I I need to brush up on it again to practice. A, you know, once I get back out to sea, I'll be practicing it more. But I I loved it. And then you're transferring that. Uh, it, those equations into latitude and longitude and putting them onto your chart and you see where you are. So that's really cool. I just So I decided I'm going to use that and um, on my, my journey. Now I have all the modern equipment, uh, GPS, chart plotters. I mean you'd be foolish not to have that in this day and age when it's readily available. So I mean if, if you need to know where you are, you know, you could, you know, I mean, if there's an emergency and you need help, you can. You have your exact that long. Someone can get to you within, you know, 50 meters or something. But I really want to use the traditional tools of, of navigation. Um, my dad was sailing uh, without any GPS, and he had to rely on his sextant. I actually have his old sextant. He gave it to me before he died. I have it here. Um, so I'm bringing that as well as a backup, and I bought a new one. 
Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I think he's resilient. He's very methodical about this trip. An aspect of his personality that I had personally not quite seen. Maybe none of us actually had, because we're discussing it as a family. Wow, look at how intense Peter is managing this, almost like a business. It's, uh, it's with great you know focus and energy and time and and the ability to do it this is another thing that i believe it's showing another side to peter's personality an aspect of his ability to steer and manage something as big as this where you're putting your life in a 45 foot craft in all the oceans of the world that is massive how will you find because i know i've heard you before saying that you are quite a social person so here's eight months and no one to talk to but the head will be flying will you be having the chance yourself <laughs> i've always spoke to myself and then i was reading i was reading an article one day in a magazine that said people that talk to themselves it's a sign of intelligence and i was there wow <laughs> i was there woo uh, i do I, I suppose uh so long as you don't start answering yourself <laughs> but um if I'm doing something and I'm, I'm fixing something and uh, I'm tracing wires, I'd say, geez, the red wire goes over there. And I, I, I often find myself talking out loud. So, I mean, that's okay. Um, I, I said it to people before. I think if you were worried about mental health and spending so much time on your own, you wouldn't do it, I think. I, I don't think you'd want to. Uh, I, I, in a funny way, I look forward to it. I, I'll miss all my family, absolutely I'll miss my family and my loved ones and, and I'll miss having the crack with people, I love laughing at it, it's my favourite thing. Um, so, But uh, I think it, it, it's going to be a huge time uh, to discover lots of other things and I, I've, I've, a, I've a lovely mind, I, I, I love thinking happy lovely things and I think it's going to be a great time to, to figure things out and see this and, and see life in a different way. I'm sure it, it it would um, change a lot of my views and stuff by the time I get back. I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will. Uh, Peter has seen a right mixture of life in his time, but this is, I believe, the true Peter, the genre of Peter. This is the Peter coming out now. This is, I don't mean the fulfilment because uh, he's still a young man. There will be more to come from him, but this will be... This is Peter and it will also be huge for him, yeah. It's lovely to hear it's now like a circle coming back around again for, for my dad and me and my granddad and my aunt who did it together, you know. My aunt Helen helped my granddad. She basically did his back then social media, which was, you know, PR and stuff. She did all that for my granddad. So so the website is www.peterlawlesssolocircumnavigation.com on the website everything is linked the YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook um, the GoFundMe is also linked on the website everything is on the website including all the details about his journey when he goes away the live tracker will be on the website for anyone to follow the journey live Is there anything else you'd like to add? It'll be interesting um, I'll be Christmas Day at sea. I'll be St. Patrick's Day at sea. Uh, not that St. Patrick's Day is a huge day, but you know, it, it, days like that. It, St. Patrick's Day is my dad's birthday, actually. We always celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Um, 
we always thought we got a day off school because because it was his birthday, not because it was Patrick's day. <laughs> and he told us that. So um, Christmas Day, I'd say, you know, um, I'll have a few presents to open and things like that. So days like that are going to be interesting, you know. Um, my birth, I'll be at sea for my birthday. I'll be at sea for Cathy's birthday. Uh, and, you know, things like that. But, you know, my wish for him would just be safe passage, really, enjoyable passage, and enjoy those experiences, because uh, as kids, we had the most amazing experiences, and this experience is so much bigger and monumental than anything anyone could ever do. I can't imagine what it must be like to wake up at the equator or to go through the most turbulent seas when he's having really tough times or to see Mother Nature, orca whales popping out of the ocean, whatever it is we'll see, flying fish, all those things he's going to see just to savour and uh, just love every minute of that and bring it all back to us. But for him, it's just such a proud moment for all of us to, to witness it all. So yeah, that's what I would say to him. I am proud of him and I love him. I think I've loads, it's like this, I could sit here all day and there's so many things you spoke of there that we could delve into and talk for hours about or whatever, but like... I know. You know, there's, there are, but I, but from the interviews that I heard from you, what struck me was your, I suppose, your personality and you spoke so much about nature and your influence from your parents and the growing up and the support and, and the trip is the main thing, but I just find it, who is the person? It'd be also interesting to talk to you when I come back and tell you and tell you whether I was oh, right absolutely. or wrong with my thoughts. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's yeah. definitely.